I want us to continue that series as we look at hope in the dark. I want us to real quickly move to chapter 3. We're pulling a passage or two from each chapter as we go through the series. There are five chapters in the book, and so we're taking five weeks to cover the book. The first Sunday, we talked about the living hope in Jesus. The second Sunday, we talked about the fact that as people of God, we are people of hope. And now this morning, I want us to consider together hope in suffering, that even when we are suffering, we have hope. And we turn to the third chapter uh, this morning to help us with that. The reality is that you are going to experience suffering. You know, every once in a while, I will uh, see one of the preachers on TV or hear one of the preachers on the radio and whatever, and, and uh, they, they say that if you have enough faith, then you can, you can avoid the problems of life, that, that you don't have to get sick, that you can be wealthy, that you can have all these great things, all these blessings, if you just have enough faith. And you know, that resonates with people because it kind of makes sense. There's, there's kind of a payoff thing. If, if I please God, then, then he'll take good care of me. It kind of makes sense. The problem is it's just not biblical. It's just not facts. It's not true. What is true is you're going to face hardships. What's real is you're going to have trials, tribulations, heartache. What's real is you're going to suffer. Where faith comes in is not that it helps us avoid those times, but it helps us get through those times. You and I are going to have hard times. Jesus started everything by telling his disciples that. He said to them, guys, you are going to have tribulation in this world. It's going to happen. And then when you look at the letters that Paul wrote, you see over and over that we are going to face trials, tribulations. There's going to be times of heartache. We're going to suffer. So when that happens, how how do we find hope? When that happens, how do we as the people of hope respond? Well, out of this third chapter, I, I I want to share with you Three things that you can think about during suffering that will bring hope. The first one is we can think about each other. We think about each other. If you have your copy of Scripture with you, I'm in 1 Peter chapter 3, beginning at verse 8. We're going to look at verses 8 and 9. He says, finally, all of you, and I love that that corporate language, finally, all of you. All of you, together, the body of Christ, the family of God, all of you have unity in mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless For to this you were called, that you may obtain a blessing. He says he called us together so that we could bless one another. In chapter 2, we read that you weren't always a people. You used to be individuals. Now you're a people. 
We also read in chapter 2 that you are the living stones that he has placed together into this spiritual house. In other words, he has brought us together on purpose. And together, we can get each other through the times of suffering. We want to start thinking about each other, especially when times are hard. Because what happens, our tendency is when times get hard, our tendency is to start thinking about self. And when I focus on my problems, that's all I can see, and things start feeling, and I experience them even worse, because all I can see is my problems. Instead, when we suffer, we can find hope when we learn to think about each other, to be unified, to have sympathy for the other fella, to have brotherly love, to have a tender heart for someone else, to have a humble mind, which means I'm not thinking of me all the time. We can think about each other. Secondly, we can find hope in suffering when we think about hope. When we think about hope. Jump down a couple of verses. We're at verse 13. He says, Now who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? And that's, that's kind of a proverb. It's basically saying, you know, in general terms, the, the normal way of life is if you're just doing good, then who's going to have a problem with that? How can anybody have a problem with you if you're just, do, you're just trying to do good? generally speaking, that's a good rule of thumb. If you do good to people, generally folks are not going to have a problem with you. But you and I both know that it doesn't always work that way. Even when you're trying to do good, there are some people who just going to have a problem. Look at the next verse. But even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. He says you're going to suffer. Even if you're doing good, people are not always going to like you. You're always going to have, be persecuted. You're, you're going to face troubles. So when that happens, you just keep on being you. You stay strong. You keep on showing respect. You keep on being kind. And they're going to start noticing there's something different about you. What they're seeing is the hope inside. No matter how much the persecution is raging around you, you can still be strong because you're, you have hope inside. Now, that person is probably not going to say, hey, I notice you have hope. How does that happen? <laughs> but they very well might say, how come this isn't getting to you? How are you staying so calm? They very well might recognize there's something different about the way you're handling the chaos around you than the way everybody else handles it. And in that moment, he says, you be ready to give a defense. You be ready to tell them that Jesus makes the difference. 
Because I know Jesus, I have hope, even when I'm suffering. Think about hope. Think about that that experience within you and be ready to defend it to others. And then one more thing. We can think about each other. We can think about hope. We can think about Jesus. In order to have hope in the midst of suffering, we think about Jesus. Look at verse 18. When you suffer, remember, you're not the only one who suffered. Look at verse 18. For Christ also suffered. When we're hurting, just let that be a reminder of how much he hurt for us. When we're suffering, let that remind us of how he suffered. As the Son of God never once separated from the presence of God, never once separated from the Father, now all of a sudden God's wrath being poured out on him, he senses that separation. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Suffering spiritually, suffering physically, as they ripped his body apart and hung it on a cross. When you and I suffer, it helps us to think about what Jesus went through on our behalf. And we realize that our suffering pales in comparison to the sacrifices he made for us. When, when we look for hope and suffering, think about Jesus. Again, look at verse 18. For Christ also suffered once for sins. In that one-time event, when he died on the cross, he received all of God's wrath for all of man's sin for all of time. He took it all. Christ suffered once for sins. Then keep looking. The righteous for the unrighteous. If anybody was going to die for my sins, it should have been me. I was the unrighteous. The wages of sin is death. That should come on me. But he loved me so much, he said, I'll die for you. He loves you so much, he said, I'll die for you. The righteous for the unrighteous. He took our sin and gave us instead his righteousness. Keep reading verse 18. That he might bring us to God. There was a time when God and man walked side by side through the garden. They were closely related. And then sin entered into man's experience. And when sin entered into man's experience, they were separated. And God shows up and says, Adam, where are you? So Adam would have to recognize, I'm hiding in the bushes. I'm away from you now because sin has separated us. And the rest of the Bible tells the story of how sin separates man from God. And then it tells the story of how Jesus came to reconcile man back to God by being the sacrifice, by by being the righteous who died for the unrighteous. He brings us back to God. We get to relate to him again. And then look at the last part of the verse. Being put to death in the flesh, 
but made alive in the Spirit. He died on the cross of Calvary. He was put to death in the flesh. But then when they showed up on Sunday morning to take care of the body, that tomb was empty because he had been made alive in the Spirit. It's important for us to realize that we're going to suffer. Because of that, we want to be thinking straight. We think about each other. We think about hope. And we think about Jesus.